to Life Together, a podcast for Gresham Bible Church, where we exist to glorify God in being disciples who make disciples of all people through the transforming power of the gospel. I'm Mike Dahl, and with me today is a very special guest, Dan Stump. Dan, welcome to Life Together. Excited to be on here. Great. Enjoy listening to the podcast, so it's fun to be on this episode. Oh, that's awesome. I've been really looking forward to our conversation today. So we're going to have a discussion where those at Gresham Bible Church that uh, don't know you will get to know you better. Those that do know you will probably learn some new things. And then we're going to focus our conversation on discipleship and then what that means as parents and as dads. And so I hope this is an encouragement and a challenge uh, to us as Gresham Bible Church. So really looking forward to our discussion. Yeah. Let's do it. So first thing, Dan, before all things, what makes a really good cheeseburger? <laughs> Great question. Uh, first, you gotta you gotta not only have high quality beef, but you gotta get a nice crust on it. Okay. A cheeseburger with no crust on the beef is you're starting behind already. Uh, you definitely need to have some cheese. I'm an old school. You can give me some American cheese and I'm happy. My wife hates the American. <laughs> it's fake, you know, too fake for her, but it melts beautifully. Um, at that point, I'd probably go to a brioche bun Ooh, of some yes. sort. Um, and then, you know, I, I want some pickle on there to kind of cut through the richness. You want some bacon? Go for some bacon. But to me, it's all about the crust on the beef. At that okay. point, you're, you're winning. I feel like that was a really important question. I didn't tell you I was going to ask you that ahead of time, but that kind of of everything we're going to talk about, that's an important <laughs> thing to, to nail to the wall. So, I'm always ready to answer that. Okay, good, good. So, so, Dan, why don't you help us get to know you a little bit more? So tell us about yourself. Yeah, so... Uh, Let's see. I've been a Christian since I was very young. Um, grew up in a Christian home. One of my earliest memories is actually praying with my mom in her bedroom uh, to ask Jesus into my heart, but, you know, mm-hmm. so to speak back then. I would probably frame it a little bit differently now. Uh, so I think I might actually have been saved back then if that's one of my earliest memories. Yeah. Um, never had a long period of rebellion, but... Um, I did in middle school, you know, I was a selfish and prideful young man and, mm-hmm. and uh, probably seventh and eighth grade, I was kind of coming into my own athletically and everything else and was pretty puffed up and wanted to live uh, the popular lifestyle. Um, I'm actually grateful to God that I was doing that in middle school and not when I could have done more damage to my life. Mm-hmm. Um, before I went to high school, I went on a, a five day club mission trip at Good Shepherd Church that um, I think kind of helps solidify my faith, even though I probably did a whole bunch of stupid things on that trip. Um, but when I came back, I, I realized, <clears throat> do I want to walk with the Lord or do I want to um, kind of try to be the most popular guy around mm-hmm. um, and made some hard choices. And um, it's been a, a period of growth since then. Um, and then we'll get into some more testimony stuff probably. So currently been married for, uh, just had our 20 year anniversary with awesome. my wife, Angela. You guys know her as Ange. Um, two sons, Jake and Ty, who Jake's 17 and Ty is 15. So the boys are getting older and um, I've been a teacher for going on my 17th year. I will for the first time be leaving. I've been at Ron Russell Middle School and David mm-hmm. Douglas School District and I'm um, moving over to Good Shepherd School and to private school and be able to teach some Bible and math and science. So um, I love the Seahawks and the Huskies. Uh, yes, Sando. I yeah. hate the Ducks. <laughs> um, we don't need to go into that too much. Uh, let's see. What else? Yeah, that's, that yeah. covers a lot. How about, yeah, that does cover a lot. A lot of follow-up questions that could be asked, but may, maybe for another time. Um, 
How about hobbies, things you enjoy? Um, I like reading. Um, actually, probably should read some fiction. I, I always feel like I should read fiction. People say that, yeah. but I never read any fiction. Um, a little bit of my father-in-law's fiction, and that's about it. Um, but I love reading theology, so I read a lot of books. Um, fantasy football, I love. Just sports of any kind. So I, yeah. I just enjoy sports. Playing, getting out, you know, a little bit of basketball or playing tennis with the boys. Um, let's see. I like cooking. Yes. Um, I enjoy cooking a lot. So whether that is burgers or smoking some meat and doing some barbecue kind of stuff, I, I really nerd out on all that. So That's awesome. Yeah. You've been a great friend and encouragement to me on super important stuff, uh, the gospel and theology and even the fun stuff like sports. So, um, yes. How about I wasn't going to ask this, but I'm going to to get this on vinyl, so to speak, in an official church podcast. Uh-oh. Who is your favorite Seahawk player of all time and why? Oh, that's an e- easy one for okay. me. Walter Jones. Ooh, yes. Most people are like, who is that? But uh, there's been a lot of great Seahawks, but Walter Jones is one of the greatest linemen of all time. Left tackle. Uh, he was just so dominant. And at the, I'm mean, kind of in his heyday. I was coaching some football and um, coaching some offensive line. And it's just like perfect teaching tape. So I loved Walter Jones. Love it. Okay, cool. And then how about just real quick, so you and Angie have been married for 20 years. You're celebrating your 20th year. That's awesome. So maybe just briefly, always enjoy asking people, how did you meet? Yeah, uh, we met through Good Shepherd Youth Group um, back in middle school, probably, maybe, I don't know. I moved, we moved out to Good Shepherd and from Portland into Gresham when I was in fifth grade. So I was 10 years old. So probably around then, um, she'll tell you that she didn't like me back then, but (laughs) (laughs) we all know the truth. Uh, so yeah, so we, we, we had a friendship that started mostly in high school. We knew each other before then, but in high school, the friendship began and then a dating relationship began at the very end of high school. And few years later we were married okay awesome yeah awesome great and how about dan what's one thing we should know about you i would say i've been told that i can be intimidating but i want people to know that i'm nice (laughs) okay that's awesome (laughs) you don't need to be afraid of a big bald man uh i am an introvert so i'm not like you know the super outgoing but you don't need to be afraid (laughs) i love it that's great so have you heard that feedback from like players you've coached or I'm just trying to picture that um, from I your own even, kids? I can't even remember specifically. I think okay. definitely some students and a, a few fellow teachers have told me that at first. Wow. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that you're you know going to be easy to talk to and stuff okay. like that. Yeah. That's great. So a key takeaway from this podcast discussion is Dan Stump <laughs> is nice. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. What? How about you shared a little bit about your testimony and I think it's always good for us as a church family to hear one another's testimony. And again, in a podcast, sometimes that's condensed. You don't get the full story. You touched on it some, but I'd love to hear hear more. Like looking back, you know, um, tell us your testimony, how you came to know Jesus, and then maybe some kind of, you know, key highlights in that story that looking back kind of stand out to you now. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it was the faithfulness of my parents, definitely, hmm. um, that taught me the ways of the Lord. And um so I, I, like I said, I believe from a young age, um, and as I was moving through, I kind of got up into high school. When I when I got into high school, I remember walking into the cafeteria, 
one of the first days and seeing kind of like the friends from middle school that I hadn't really seen all summer in one area and then the, all these church people at a different table and it was kind of like the rubber was meeting the road. Wow. Um, and I, you know, I know I could have done that better too, probably evangelistically better, but I um, went and sat with my church friends and um, got a lot of grief and flack uh, for doing that. But never regret it. And some of those friends are still like some of my closest friends to this day. And mm-hmm. um, the Lord gave me some really good relationships and um, that actually dated back to some like fifth, sixth grade. But um, I think we're really solidified in, in uh, high school. Um, a key moment for me was doing a Bible study with there are seven or eight of us guys with Steve Keels, good old Steve at Good Shepherd, who um, was just kind of messing with us, honestly, a lot with mm-hmm. when it came to the scriptures. Does God change his mind or not? And we'd be, no, of course not. And then he showed some passages that sure look like God changes his mind. And just that was the first time I really wrestled with God's word and started to want to read it on my own and mm-hmm. really didn't know how to do that. And um, so that was probably when I was about 15 or 16. 16 years old and ended up at Multnomah Bible College um, and learned how to read the Bible. Yeah. I, I remember when we had kids, I was like, I don't want my, my boys to leave the house without having knowing how to read their Bible better than, mm-hmm. than I did. Um, so we've worked some on that um, and have a long ways to go, but I'm grateful for those opportunities. And um, so, yeah, I think it's mostly been kind of steady growth and progress. You know, we're all... Yeah. We all sin and take steps backwards, and we experience the grace of God and the gospel, and um, and grow over time. So uh, grateful for the people that God has placed in my life to help shape me, and hmm. um, yeah, and being able to serve Him and follow Him, it's it's a great blessing. Yeah, Amen. That's so good. You've been such an encouragement to me, and really looking forward to discussion and kind of what you mentioned has the core elements that are a great segue to tee up what we want to talk about. You and I were talking, I don't remember exactly when, but here more recently, just about being dads and discipling our kids and all that that entails. And I thought, well, why not have this discussion with these awkward looking fuzzy podcast mics in front (laughs) of us? So, yeah. So just wanted to hear kind of, you know, what God has been teaching you, what you're learning. This conversation, again, I pray is an encouragement to our church uh, in terms of discipling uh, the next generation. And we all have skin in the game for that. And then specifically for those that are our parents. So those that are listening that are parents, I hope this resonates with you. Those that aren't parents, discipleship is who we are to be as Christians. Um, So anyway, it's kind of the posture that we're taking for this conversation. So let's just dive right in. Dan, why is God's word important to the life of a Christian? Yeah, well, I mean, I think, first of all, it's the primary way that we know God. Like, you you Mm -hmm. can know God through his creation and other things, but he's given us his word so that we can know him. And, I mean, that's kind of what being a Christian is all about. So I would look at places like 2 Timothy 3, 16, that says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. So are these the kind of people that we want to be that are equipped for every good work, that have been trained in righteousness? uh, You know, we want God's word then to be the thing that teaches and corrects us. And so to be shaped in the kind of people that we want to be, we need to have God's word stored up in us. And we need people around us that know God's word, too, that can challenge and do those things as well. Amen. Um, But I I want to know God and I get to know him through the scriptures. So, yeah. 
Yeah, amen. Amen. That brings to mind for me one of my favorite verses, John 17, 17, where Jesus is praying for all those that who would know him, including around this podcast table today. Uh, John 17, 17, said, Jesus prays, says, sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. So that idea of sanctification and growing to become more like Jesus, um, it's all God's word. It's so yeah. important straight from Jesus's mouth. Yeah. So, and as he said, and it's true. I want yeah. to know the truth. Amen. <laughs> so, amen, man. Yeah. That's where we get it. How about, again, we could have like hundreds of podcast episodes on this next kind of follow-up questions, but just kind of, you know, briefly for us, paint a picture. How has that reality, what does that look like in your life? Yeah. Um, I think for me, it shifts over time. I, I wish that I had a, you know, super diligent regiment where it was like, the first thing I do in the morning is I read scripture. Um, but I'm not going to sit here and say that that is always true. So there's been seasons of kind of fast Bible read throughs, mm-hmm. um, maybe one in a year or two in a year. There's been seasons where I think it's been more in-depth study of portions of God's word. Um, lately, I've in the, in the last, since COVID started, I started listening to the Bible more and I, I didn't like it at first, hmm. but it's grown on me a lot. So now I'm working in the yard and I can listen to music and sometimes I do or a podcast and that's all good. But I've been listening to like Proverbs and just trying to get wisdom into my bones. It's um, awesome. And so already I'm just seeing fruit of that. Um, there was sometimes I forget where was that and I have to go look it up in my Bible. Um, there's so much in Proverbs where you're having conversations with people later um, where I'm like, man, something that I just listened to this morning applies to this very situation. So for me, I'm, you know, tend to be more of a black and white kind of person. Um, Talked about my love of the truth. And what uh, do you teach again? Because this would be perfect for <laughs> math, this. Math, science, and Bible. Oh, okay. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's in Proverbs 16, there's a couple of verses in there that talk about how to be persuasive. Um, mm-hmm. And it talks about having both judicious speech and sweetness of speech. And it just, uh, it, it was convicting for me. Um, you know, our society is so polarized that we're constantly just kind of, you know, wanting to dunk on each other. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to be a person like that. I want to person that persuades other people. If I uh, think something is true and think they're missing the mark, I want them to come into the truth. So the way I do that is as important as, yes. you know, the words I say. So anyway, good, some good stuff in there. Hey Amen. That's, yeah. that's so good. Yeah. So anyway, I'll just find lots of different avenues to get scripture in. Okay. Um, yeah. So even reading scripture saturated articles and books, mm-hmm. um, I, it's super valuable. So, um, but yeah, you, you always want to start at the source. So yes. Yeah. Have a, have a routine. And when you screw up and bought your routine, uh, I'll say this again, probably later, but don't let your past failure stop you from having success in the present or the future. Like just get back up on the horse. And Amen to that. Amen. Yeah. yeah. So we have the importance of God's word. And again, something we could talk about a lot. That's the essence of the Christian life as God's word. We, we gather to hear God's word, you know, to one another, uh, each other with God's words, et cetera. But then I want to kind of land that or apply that in a certain area. And for you and I, in our season of life right now, we're, we're dads, we'll be dads till the day we die, but we're dads, right? So how does the centrality of God's word and the responsibility that you have to teach the next generation, your boys, the gospel and grounded in God's word. And that's what we think about him, but how he's revealed himself in his word. I just want to talk through a little bit and explore what that looks like in your life and what you're learning and what those core principles are. Yeah. So, yeah. So in terms of discipling your children, is that 
optional? Like, why? Yeah, no. So, I, I mean, Ephesians 6.4 um, talks directly to fathers, actually, mm-hmm. and tells us first, don't provoke your kids to anger, um, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So we're commanded to do that. Um, so I think that's kind of number, the number one task as a parent is bringing your kids up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Yeah. We want to raise them to know God, um, to understand the gospel, what he's done for them, how amazing he is. So uh, that's where I start. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And what's kind of your purpose or intent or goal in all of that? Um, kids are, they will be a disciple of something. Um, they are being shaped uh, all the time. And so are, are we letting them be shaped by the culture, by, you know, YouTube and social media and whatever else, yep. or are, are we going to be the primary drivers of um, shaping them? So that's on my mind a lot. Um, I think especially if, if your kids are in public school, I think we maybe assume Oh, my kids have good friends. Um, they go to youth group and Jordan's teaching them the word there. They come to church on Sunday and they're hearing the word preached like they're going to turn out. OK, <laughs> and we can kind of neglect getting our hands dirty and getting in there with them. Um, and then there's just too many stories of um, kids that either go off the rails or just slightly where it's like, man, really, you believe that? And it's a little bit concerning as a parent. So we got to understand that we are the primary discipler of our kids. That's our job. It's not Jordan's job. It's not Josh's job or Mike's job. Yeah. Um, they're all there. Everything at our church is designed to help with that, um, to help parents. But um, the parent is responsible for their kids. So I want to make sure that their primary inputs are are good things and uh, not let them be raised by screens and whatnot. So. Yeah. 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 There's so much to reflect on and consider with what you just said and and amen. And sometimes easier said than done. When we have these type of discussions in the local church, I feel like at least in my heart, I can like nod my head or be like, yeah, amen. But then sometimes my mind goes to things that are maybe half truths or off, maybe because of my experience or things I've heard in the past, basically the idea of misconceptions. So when we talk about discipling our children and then Dan, for you and I as dads, discipling our kids as dads, what are maybe some misconceptions around that idea that you've you know, lived in yourself that you've heard of that just come to mind, you know, a parent hears, yeah, raise your children up. You're ultimately responsible. You disciple your kids and then fill in the blank. Sometimes there's misconceptions. What are some of those that come to mind? Yeah, I can tell you one for me was, so one thing I didn't share, I kind of came into more reformed theology um, in my college years, really. and it, that, well, that's a whole different story. We don't need to get too yeah. deep into that. But <laughs> I, I became convinced that the Bible teaches that God elects and saves who he wants to mm-hmm. save. He calls people um, that are dead in their sins and gives them life. Um, <clears throat> we don't go to him as dead people because we're dead. And mm-hmm. so I started thinking when I have kids, I'm not going to. I'm not going to, you know, indoctrinate them, so to speak. I'm just going to kind of let the Lord work in their life. And if um, he's calling them, it's not going to matter kind of what I do. Um, And then as I was reading my Bible, both Ephesians 6 and then um, Deuteronomy 6 was actually the passage that really did it for me. So I want to read that real quick. Yeah, please. Um, It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. 
You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Um, that was like, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of my job is going to be to indoctrinate. This has got so much <laughs> negative connotation to it, but I need to do this. Like, I need yeah. to teach my kids these things. Um, and then realizing, I mean, it's probably kind of arrogant to think I'm just going to be kind of hands off. Um, maybe a false humility that God will do what he wants to do. Um, the reality is I have a, a job to do that I'm called by God. And if God is that great, like mm-hmm. we're called to love him with all our heart, soul, mind, strength. Um, if he's worthy of all that, wouldn't I want to tell people about it? Especially yeah, my kids. I want them to know the God of the universe. So that was a misconception that was quickly erased by God's word. Wow. Me. Okay. Um, and then I think we can get into misconceptions around Maybe some of the how mm-hmm. we disciple our kids as we move forward in this conversation. Yes, please. <laughs> I, I'm just going to say it right now. The takeaway from this conversation should not be method. It should be principle. So we're talking about discipling our kids. And for those that are listening to this, I know in my heart, a misconception I've had is I can run too quickly to the how, but really that's making it more about me. And so what we want to nail to the wall biblically is the principles of discipling our kids, not one method over another, maybe pragmatically or through wisdom, like you're talking about in Proverbs, maybe certain methods have different sets of pros and cons, but we want to emphasize the principles. So if we don't say that, you know, in this full discussion, I just want to make sure and get that out there right now that we're talking, talking principles. So, yeah. 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 Um, We could talk lots of misconceptions, but in conversations around this, I think it's helpful uh, to get those out on the table because we all have misconceptions, um, either things we've experienced or heard and we want to uh, point ourselves to what's true in God's word and not just kind of what's in the rumor mill or maybe what we've heard, but, you know, uh, make sure that it's it's saturated in scripture. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so as we're thinking through discipling our children, kind of the why, the intent, maybe some misconceptions around that. Again, lots of books have been written about this. We're not going to, uh, you know, cover everything here in a podcast episode. But Dan, what would you say are some of the key principles in that, you know, about the why and the how someone's hearing this, like, yeah, I want to do that, but, or I have questions. What are just those key things? Yeah, I think, I think we need to spend time helping shape a biblical worldview for Mm -hmm. our kids. So that can look a lot of different ways. Um, I'm even going to back up one more and just say, hopefully this is clear already, but I am not an expert. I have two teenage sons. I have not raised any kids to adulthood. This is uh, (laughs) me, you know, with a little bit of experience and just some things that I have gleaned, um, hopefully being of some value and helping other people. But, Amen. you know, some people are become these parenting gurus and they have like a four year old. It's like, I'm not interested in your perspective. <laughs> so I don't want to be that. Um, that being said, so I think, yeah, building that biblical worldview. So that means we need to actually talk about the Bible and talk about theology. And I think talk about what's going on in the culture around us and how does the Bible inform on those things. Mm-hmm. Um, how that's done. I mean, some people like a very formal. So this could be a misconception, really. Yeah. Uh, a very formal kind of family devotions situation or um, 
a certain book or a curriculum or whatever. And if that works for you, that's awesome. I'd, that's one way it can be done. That always kind of felt a little too rigid for me. Um, so this is one where I have tried and I failed and tried yes. and sometimes succeeded. And then, you know, um, even during seasons of success where we were opening the Bible regularly as a family and just reading and talking about it. And then you do that for a month and then, you know, like even a few times a week that just baby steps I think are important. Mm-hmm. But then after a few times a week for a month or six weeks, it's like, uh, then I totally fall off and I fail and don't keep it going. So um, I think this is another important place where we can get ourselves bogged down and think, man, yes. I, I just can't pull this off. And we need to get rid of that kind of attitude of failure and um, just keep trying. Because I think um, things like having a conversation around the dinner table about the Sunday sermon or on the way home from church or depending mm-hmm. on how old your kids are, those kinds of things are just so valuable because like I talked about earlier, the culture is trying to disciple our kids too. And yep. so there's so many hot button issues right now. Um, if we're not talking to them about those things, somebody else is and they're picking up all sorts of stuff. So I want that to be formed by God's word. And so I know that can be intimidating sometimes. I don't know the Bible very well. So how yeah. just, just crack open the, start yeah. reading the gospel together and you know, it's not, it's not going to do any harm. You know? Amen. I acknowledge there's risk in this discussion in a podcast episode that you and I are talking about discipling our kids and as dads discipling our kids. And by no means, like Dan's saying, are we saying uh, we have this all together? By no means. So I appreciate your transparency, your humility. Like even just hearing you right now talking on this episode, I'm like, yep, I'm off. I'm dropping the ball. I'm here. So that's not what we want the feel of this discussion to be. It's more to be really clear on, hey, this is what God's word calls his people to. As parents, what's our role? The centrality of the gospel and God's word. And and then kind of leaning into that and not making it about methods or principles. Because, yeah, we could talk about misconceptions all day. I know uh, I know you're on the podcast episode here, but I just want to share briefly. So, like, misconception for me is that it has to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And so, like, hey, it has to look exactly like this method from the latest book I read or the latest speaker or whatever, this person that is a quote-unquote, you know, hashtag parenting expert. And it's like, no, that's really not the point Mm -hmm. Uh, because then we're just making it more about product and marketing than about the truth of who God is and his word. So I would just encourage us, like what you're saying, to lean into it and to disciple our kids and use the moments in everyday life. And maybe for you or whoever's listening to this, it does look super formal. That's great, like you're saying, but most likely it's gonna look like how we're discipling our kids and all the other things we're discipling them into. And it's just the day-to-day rhythms of life. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't waste the, those car trips and yep. to and from practice and all those, we gotta start viewing those as opportunities for good conversations mm-hmm. um, and not having the kids be in the back on their phone or whatever it is. Yeah. I think it's just too easy to fall into some of those kind of patterns. And, but like I said, I, you know, we, over COVID, we started reading the Bible a little bit together and mm. I asked the boys what they wanted to read. And I can't remember one of them picked Hosea and I was like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> here we go. So, and I, we didn't even finish Hosea. We, you know, yeah. we did it and we got through maybe half the book and then you, I could feel like I dropped the ball and I probably did. But yeah. that being said, we had some rich conversations and times and, um, 
we can all grow from that. I think it forces, it forced me to study God's word more and all, mm-hmm. all good stuff happens with that. So yeah, yeah, don't be afraid. Just try stuff. See what works for your family. Yeah. Amen. Amen. How about more in regards to that? What are some things maybe you've learned and or are learning in terms of discipling your kids? Yeah. Some of the key principles that I've tried to instill in the boys, well, one of the ones that I feel like is the most fruitful is um, teaching them not just to obey the rule, but to love the rule. Hmm. Um, kids in our house will more or less do what we say, but they can do it with a heart full of bitterness. Um, and our, my goal is that my boys grow up and when they leave my house and it's time for them to make these decisions for themselves, that they continue making the right, wise, godly decision. So I want them to understand the why behind when mom and dad tell them no or yeah. things like that. So that they can go, okay, even though kind of the, the flesh maybe wants to make this choice, I understand that it's actually going to end up in the long run bringing me more harm. So I actually agree with you, mom and dad, that I'm going to do this. Mm. And they might not always get there, um, uh, especially when they're young, I think. But uh, that's a that's a key principle that as our boys have gotten older, um, I know we're going to talk about kind of relationship stuff here in a little bit yep. too, that um, I've seen it play out in a way there that, um, yeah, definitely encouraged me. So, yeah, um, I, I teach them to never apologize of, uh, for God's word. Hmm. There are a lot of things in the scriptures that our culture does not like that are offensive to our culture. Um, and I think we see Christians a lot. You can see how much you've been shaped by the culture by when we come to a text of scripture and it says, wives, submit to your husbands, or it talks about slavery or, um, a whole host of very challenging things, Mm -hmm. um, that offend our cultural sensibilities. And we're like, whoa, and are we going to try to explain that away? Um, or are we going to say, yep, that's what God's word says. Mm -hmm. Um, and God thinks, this is actually good and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course we got to understand it in its context first, but, um, so th- don't, don't apologize or try to sand off those sharp edges of the scriptures. Um, then I, I want to say to parents too, um, I actually was listening to a little bit of Rick and Amy Campbell and Amy mentioned this, but be quick to apologize when you, when you screw up. I think, yes. um, that that's a great model for kids that we, we don't actually have it all together. We're learning on the fly. We can, um, you know, discipline out of anger and things like that. Go in and apologize to them and seek their forgiveness. Um, yeah. that goes a long way. And with that, that sparks this in my head. One more principle that I teach. Please. <laughs> um, our culture is very, uh, manipulative when it comes to apologies mm-hmm. and, People get their feelings hurt very easily these days. I'm sorry you felt that way, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) And people want to get you to apologize for things where you did nothing wrong. And it's easy to give a quick apology to try to smooth over a relationship. Um, So I try to instill in the boys, if if you screwed up, seek forgiveness quickly. Repent of that. Apologize quickly. If you didn't screw up, don't apologize for it. Mm -hmm. Um, You're being manipulated. And stand firm on the decision that you made and Mm -hmm. don't be manipulated. Yeah. There's a bonus principle. <laughs> there's a bonus one. Extra credit from Mr. Stump, the teacher Stump. Uh, yeah, there's so much that comes to mind. I love how you brought up, you know, we're talking about discipling our kids and there's so much that could be said. So I'm just I'm just thinking in categories, like it's informational, 
true truth about who God is, is revealed in his word. And then, but I don't want to miss the transformational part of it. And meaning like, it's not just behavior modification. That's our goal because it makes our life easier or because it makes us look good because we have well-behaving kids or whatever that looks like. Right. And if we're being honest, I bet if most parents were injected with truth serum, what would come out is they'd want their kids to be safe, healthy, all that stuff. And I'm not saying that's bad. I want that for my kids, but like, that's not the ultimate goal as Christians. And so just thinking about the transformational piece is who God is and how that matters in our life. And if we were having this discussion, you know, not just in podcasts, but hanging out with somebody, I know a key in my life, seeing my parents as first generation Christians who are trying to figure out what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a Christian mom and dad was I saw confession and repentance. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we can highlight that enough in terms of discipleship and our kids. Like I read an article about, you know, keys for the next generation following Christ and just like sociologically when they interview people. It's kids seeing and hearing their mom and dad say sorry hmm. and confess and repent in a Christian way because of the gospel. Like, so anyway, just as we're talking back and forth as dads here, like I want our kids, Gresham Bible Church kids to come away, those that are, you know, in two parent homes to hear their mom and dad because of Jesus confess and repent in a way that honors him, like that adorns the gospel. And then it's not just behavior modification. It's not just teaching the quote unquote right thing to do it's because we're christians so it's good right? anyway yeah no spot anyway. on and i yeah i mean obviously at a core level I, this is i kind of took it as a given but i should probably state it explicitly like god has to do the work of transformation in your oh, kids no, heart, right you know like the they're not going to walk with them unless the holy spirit's living inside of them so yes we're kind of assuming that along the way and it shouldn't be an assumption like so yeah preach the gospel to your kids faithfully we all need the gospel every day amen um, so that all fits in together and a just a quick illustration i was thinking of Hope this works on the fly. Uh, there was a Kirby salesman that came to our house one time. You know, he's trying to sell me like a $4,000 vacuum or something. Um, and he said, do you want your carpets to actually be clean or to just look clean? And I was like, actually looking what? clean is just fine with me. <laughs> as long as it's got the lines in there when company comes over, you know, they think it's clean. It's, it's all good. And, you know, he's, he's like, go, I thought that line was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the things that can be in your carpet, you know, yeah. tuberculosis. And I was like, get out of here, man. Nobody's got tuberculosis from the carpet. Uh, that being said, I think we can take that approach with our kids where, you know, do we want them to actually be transformed or just we, do we want them to look transformed? Yeah. And it's easy to be like, oh, as long as they behave and make me look good, then I'm okay with how, whatever their heart is like. And yeah. we can't fall prey to that. So. Yeah, man. And I'll just say this right now. I know this is kind of a free flowing conversation. But that's how we do uh, life together podcasts far from highly produced podcasts is uh, for anyone that's listening to this with grown kids and maybe grown kids who aren't following Jesus. I just want to encourage you to focus on the only perfect parent and that's God. So like every parent has made mistakes, whether their kids are following Jesus or not. So I just feel compelled to say that right now, like don't heap judgment or shame on yourself. And yeah, we've all made mistakes, but I don't want like the feel of the conversation to your point, like making it about us. Like if we have the perfect parental conveyor belt, then we're going to have the perfect output of kids. That's anti-gospel. Mm. That's legalistic. That's moralism. That's not Christianity. So for whatever that's worth, there's so many kind of angles to this conversation. I think it's important. You and I are in the middle of parenting. Eventually we'll be on the back end of parenting and look back and like, yeah, none of us are perfect. It's about uh, God, the father's work in our kids' hearts, not just what we do. So yeah. That's a good word. Yeah. All right. So, um, 
we've written a book so far, but there's so, so much more that, that could be said. How about, so we're talking about discipling our kids. Um, for your family, that looks like two teenage boys. So let's kind of take this even down another level. So what about discipling our kids in our kind of cultural moment, so to speak, as teenagers thinking about relationships? You know, it's not God's will for everybody to get married. God's word is crystal clear on that. And yet like objectively, statistically, most will get married. So how are you as a dad, what are you learning about discipling your kids in terms of relationships, like discipling them towards being a Jesus loving boyfriend, fiance, husband, dad someday? Yeah. Yeah. Jake. Yeah. I want Jake and Ty to be Christian men. Amen. Uh, so that's the goal. You know, when it comes to relationships and girls, I want to see them taking the initiative. Um, and I want them to view it as an opportunity to help somebody grow in their walk with the Lord. So they are not in a dating relationship. You're not the spiritual you know, leader, yeah, yeah. all that stuff. That's going to come later. But you're practicing for that. Um, you know, I, I learned a lot. My boys have not had a serious relationship. Um, but I learned a lot from th- their friends and watching them. Mm-hmm. So one young man, he's a great kid, comes from a great Christian family, had a girlfriend and Ty asked him, you know, is she even a Christian? And he was like, well, I mean, she goes to such and such youth group. Mm-hmm. And, I was, and so I was like, oh, this is a good chance for me to remind my boys. Like, if you cannot have a conversation with a girl about Jesus, then you should not be dating her. Preach, <laughs> preach. Yeah. Uh, you should know whether or not they're a Christian and you should actually be having rich conversations with them about the Lord. I know that maybe feels a little bit awkward when you're 15, 16, 17. We, we have not put an age on dating relationships. Yep. We're, we're kind of, um, yeah, felt a little arbitrary. So where are you at with your walk with the Lord? How mature are you? Can you handle this kind of stuff? Um, and so we're open to that conversation with our boys right now. Just nothing's really come together. Yeah. So I'd mentioned one story that I'll, I'll tell um, about Jake. There was a girl that was pursuing him. She was a little bit older um, and he was very flattered. This really cute older girl is, is kind of pursuing Jake and wanted, it, it looked like she was going to be asking him to the snowball dance. Okay. So we're kind of working through all this stuff at the time, you know, there's a little bit of kind of church affiliation, but probably not a Christian. Maybe, you know, that, that was kind of the scenario. There was a lot of growth that needed to take place. Um, and so, you know, Part of him really was like, this is awesome, of course. Um, and then we were talking through this dance and he, he, we were trying to show him that this is not a good idea. Mm. Um, even if you're not at this point a boyfriend, girlfriend situation, her asking you to this and with all the other background that was there, very clearly you would be sending some signals that you're very interested and I don't think this is a relationship that we want you to be in. Um, and it did not go over very well at first. <laughs> um, he wasn't happy. He said he, some pushback. In fact, we had a, a gal over that we were kind of discipling and she was there having dinner with us. And yeah. So she got to witness the whole thing, which was fun. Um, and I think I was taking Jake to a practice afterwards and we talked through it some more. Um, and I was actually amazed after he had some time to process. I think it was maybe the next day or maybe later that night where he kind of was like, you're you're totally right. Like this is wow. this is not. A smart move. Um, so that's where going back to, I want them to own that decision. I want them to love the rule and realize yeah. this is here for my protection. Um, and that, that was just a, kind of a stark example of it for me where 
uh, in just a little bit of that proud dad moment where like, oh man, he got it. And I didn't have to end up in this huge war with my son preventing, you know, and uh, all the drama that comes with it. So definitely very grateful for my boys are a couple of good kids. I feel like this podcast now needs background music. When you said snowball dance, I just wanted there to be like cheesy dance music in the background (laughs) when you said that. Yeah. More than words by extreme. Yeah. Well, and these are kind of conversations we say this often on the podcast, but the, the prayerful goal of this podcast is that it sparks real conversation. So if someone's listening to this podcast and, you know, trying to figure out what does relationships look like for my teenage kids or preteen or afterwards, whatever, like talk to your church family about it. And different people are going to land in different ways. Again, we're not about methods. We're talking about principle. But I don't know how you feel, Dan. I feel like I'm always playing catch up as a parent. Like I'm five years behind Mm -hmm. in terms of I'm just starting to be like, okay, I think I know my kid's heart here and their strengths and weaknesses, but I'm so far behind. And so I feel like in terms of discipleship and relationships, it is our job as parents, but um, we can be behind. So um, it's important to talk about. Yeah, it's it's too easy to focus on our failures because they're a plenty. Yes. So, um, yeah, one other, I want to throw one more thing out there. I can answer any other questions, but related to relationships and all this stuff, this is one where it won't, might not be for everybody. Um, if I had daughters, I would not probably have this and it's not a hard and fast rule. And I stole it from Doug Wilson, but I, I want my boys to have a vision to be married by 23. Wow. Okay. So by 23, you can have, if college is going to be your thing or whatever it is, like have a, have a mindset towards moving towards a career that can support a family. Um, if you're feeling like God might be calling you to a life of celibacy and he's gifted you in that way, then we can have that conversation. But I don't think that's either. That's a voice. different podcast. Episode. <laughs> that's, that's not my voice. So nothing wrong with singleness. I just don't think they're moving in that direction. So don't delay your adolescence forever. Mm-hmm. Don't live your twenties all for yourself so that you can travel and just be selfish. Get married Hmm. have kids and again like that's not to me at least maybe i'm just too old-fashioned but it's not up to the girl necessarily like the dude i want my boys to pursue a girl so uh, move in that direction find a nice christian girl pursue her marry her start a family there's no reason to wait i mean i was just before my 21st birthday so it can be done Um, you don't have to get married that early i can't believe that our parents all let us get married that early (laughs) but by 23 that's what i want them to kind of have is kind of a, a little milestone in their head so yeah i love you just thanks for being that candid and like that specific of how you're discipling your boys and that looks different in different families but it means taking god's word seriously and the principles and why are you encouraging them towards that he who finds a wife finds what is good scripture says so yeah 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 shoot man watching my uh, nieces and nephews these days i'm like man i don't have energy for this (laughs) you want to have your kids young get it done Uh, this is good this is good all right how about for those that are listening considering this it's probably going to be all across the spectrum like it is in my heart and your heart talking about yeah i failed in this or hey i feel strongly in terms of this area anything you'd kind of leave us with in terms of okay next steps you know what could someone be doing that yeah i want to be discipling my kids more making progress and kind of what would you fill in the blank with we didn't talk about this ahead of time but think it's important to address i mean i i would just want to probably end with the gospel here amen look look less at the failure behind you and look at the opportunity in front of you and just know that God's grace covers all that failure back there. 
Um, it's going to cover all the failure in the future. All the sin that you commit has been paid for. And so we don't need to focus on that. Like, I think we heap condemnation on ourselves for how much we screw up. And we just got to take Romans 8, 1 serious. And just, there's no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. So how can I try um, in the spirit of that and, and empowered by the spirit and, and the grace of God, how can I reach out and try to do things better today? Yes. Um, and even that, I almost don't like that language because the gospel is not about do things better. But we, yeah. we do want to live out the reality of what God has called us to do. So it does take effort. Um, uh, I think J.I. Packer said, instead of uh, let go and let God, it should be trust God and get going. Ooh, love it. So that applies to our parenting too. Yeah. Um, there's always, a not, every day the, the, the mercies are new every morning so you can make a change right now. You don't have to wait and uh, let's crack open the scriptures at dinner tonight and have Amen. some conversations or whatever. So. Amen. Yeah, it's we're so prone as people, as humans, to make it about ourselves. Neither our propensity is to make it like a method, like legalism, just to call a spade a spade, or to just kind of sit, hey, woe is me, sit in shame or overanalyze it. Instead, just put one foot in front of the other because of the gospel and who God's called us to be. And amen, to end the conversation on the glories of God and our good heavenly father and the gospel. And I, I would just add on and encourage our church. The verse that comes to mind for me is 2 Thessalonians 3, 5, that says, therefore, to consider Consider the love of God and the steadfastness of Christ. So through all of this, put your focus on him. And then your goal as a parent is to be found faithful, even in our unfaithfulness. <laughs> Praise God for his faithfulness. And so, um, yeah, I've so appreciated the discussion. Thanks for being willing to do this with these awkward podcast mics in front of us. Um, good time. Yeah. And I hope uh, Gresham Bible Church, you're hearing this. You want to talk about it more. I know Dan would love to talk with you. I would love to talk with you any member of Gresham Bible Church is going to care about discipleship and we want to grow in it more as a church in every area of our life and from one generation to disciple the next for younger parents, those that haven't become parents yet, those that have gone before us, like all of it, we need to be talking about it together because we all have room uh, to grow. So yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate Thank it. you. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us on Life Together. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or feedback on this episode or maybe follow-up conversations. Hey, you guys didn't talk about this or you talked about this and I wish you wouldn't have said that. Uh, we'd love to hear from you about that. And you can reach out to me at mike at greshambible.org. And as we do every few podcasts, just want to say thank you to our friends at Humble Beast for the great music on the podcast. And until next time, Gresham Bible Church, thanks and have a great week.